0: Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics, the podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. Globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion-dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities.
1: This is Emerge
0: Dynamics.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I am David Cusimano here with Eric Winguerter. Hey, David. How was things? Eric, we're picking up where we left off going on to the next stage of the turnaround process.
0: All right. Yeah, well, we've... Gone through the first two stages, are we getting to some semblance of, can we start to talk about some good things?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the stabilization stage. And you may say, hey, stabilization sounds pretty critical. It doesn't sound all that rosy, but you're coming off the emergency action stage, right? Which is uh, incredibly more critical. And so folks, anyone joining us for the first time At this episode, we're so happy you're here. We're glad you're joining us. We're doing a series of episodes on the stages of a turnaround, the stages that a typical business goes through as it goes from realization that it's in trouble to returning to a flourishing business. And this could be a business that is just having a little bit of a plateau or a mild downturn all the way to a business that is on bankruptcy's doorstep. Right? These all apply to all those stages. What may vary is how quickly you need to apply the remedies and to what severity, I guess, you need to apply the remedies depending on which one of those you are, but all these apply. And I think even if you're in a business that's not having a downturn, you're just having a business with slow growth or moderate growth, there's still good stuff in here. So uh, don't turn this episode off. <laughs> I guarantee you'll get some pearls of wisdom. Stay tuned. Yeah. Let's contrast a little bit, Eric. Last time was emergency action. Emergency action, there's a lot to say there. It was all about cash. Yep. Cash, even at the expense of being profitable. Like the number one thing in emergency action is don't run out of cash. Right. Cause right. if you do, you're not gonna get you're to not the next swap. stage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And keep in mind, if just to put things in perspective, you're not even going to the emergency action stage unless you've first done the evaluation. Right. And believe that there is a path through emergency action to- Sustainable Stabilization to yeah. return to normal. Yeah. Otherwise, you've just gone crazy preserving cash for, for no, yeah. no reason. And right. you're really going to waste so, cash at the end of the day. So we're assuming now you figured out there is a way, there is a plan, there is a compelling competitive advantage that this business has. You know what it is. You know how to articulate it to your organization and to your customers. Save some cash, not save some cash, but really stabilize the cash To get to this stage, here we are at stabilization. Yep. And at the broadest level, stabilization involves where we're concerned about profit again. Yes. We're concerned about being profitable.
0: All right. What are the ways that we can increase that profitability, the tweaks, whatever it may be, to improve profitability? You see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Now is the time to really start to evaluate the finer points and make some business changes that are going to help you in the yeah. long
1: run to be sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think the things we're going to talk about, Eric, are closer to traditional advice that you hear on growing a business, are, yeah, because yeah. we're getting back to a little bit more of normal workings at this point. Yeah. But before we get into that, there are still some cleanup things in the stabilizations phase. One thing is looking at the balance sheet, they're often in the emergency action stage, you have to react so quickly. Like you may have non-performing assets in the business that take some time to sell. Let's say you've got some real estate and it's not performing, it's sitting stagnant, or maybe it's a piece of equipment. You've got a half million dollar piece of equipment sitting somewhere. We've seen this in organizations, we've been involved as a warehouse piece of equipment just sitting there, right? And like, wow, this is half a million dollars of cash. And it is, but it's going to take six months to move this thing. Right. In the emergency action stage, you don't have six months to get that (laughs) cash. Right. So you've got to figure something else out. In stabilization, you've got a little bit more time. You're not running out of cash. So this is part of stabilization is, okay, let's get that piece of equipment sold. Let's get get it out of here. Let's trip the space. Let's turn it into cash. Even if it's at a discount price. Right. It's not doing anything for us let's get it out of here
0: would this be a time david where you'd be going in a little bit deeper analysis around the utilization of that asset and say look is it something that in the long run could prove to be profitable and could generate a lot more cash flow if so we might decide hey maybe it's not the time to sell but we're not in that mode now where we just gotta get rid of it to pull cash into the business so this would be more of an analysis. But clearly, if there's not a good long-term return foreseen by that, then, hey, it's time to go ahead and exit out of that thing and put it on the
1: market. Absolutely. Right? And, and, and well said, Eric. This is only if we've deemed this to be a non-performing. Non-performing. Right? And, and, right. yeah. and if you think about when we look at the value of a company, especially for M&A, like we'll define the operating balance sheet and we'll designate operating and non-operating assets, right? Like Right. Right. You know, often assets that aren't contributing to EBITDA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe they used to, but they don't now, right? Yeah. So this would be a non-operating
0: asset. Well, and that's, that's a good point, too, is segregating that within your financial statements during this period keeps that focus in front of you that, hey, guys, here's this cash and, and evaluating what is the real market value for those non-performing assets and writing those down so that you got basically in front of you all the time. This is what I think I can get for this mm-hmm. asset, and that's real cash that I can redeploy into my business, back into the growth of the business, and it's sitting there in front of you all the time, every time you look at the financial
1: statement, Absolutely. Yeah. And it's great that you bring up financial statements. Because <laughs> that's our next topic. Yeah. Eric, this is something I think you'll be able to talk to a bit with your uh, CPA background, is... The I think this is a good time to really evaluate in the stabilization stage are our financial statements giving us the information we need to properly manage this business? Yeah, and you and I have seen all sorts of shenanigans, maybe <laughs> is the right word, in financial statements, right? Yeah. And yeah. especially in smaller private companies, there's more non gap than gap, right? And by gap, folks, we mean GAAP generally accepted accounting principles. Did yeah. I get that? Yes. Yes. And so a lot of times we run into so many business owners who think, oh, I've got audited financials. I've got reviewed financials, right? I have a CPA stamp that says gap approved. Here it is done. So therefore my financials are right. Right. And I tell you the number of times these people ever pull that report back out and use it to manage their business is right. almost never. Right. Like, it ends up being going to a bank or something. And so it's possible and often probable that maybe, yes, those gap compliant financials served a purpose and are good and are probably a way better picture of what's going on in the business than what was going on before, but still might not be exactly what you need.
0: Right. Gets back to what are the purpose of the audited financial statements. And the first thing is to keep in mind that All financial statements, for the most part, are based on historical data. Mm -hmm. And there's oftentimes a very large gap between just the historical data and the value within a company. And some of the newer moves, particularly in in public companies, is to try to bridge that gap. Because, you know, if the market value of a company is $100 million, but the book value on the financial statement says it's $5 million, Well, there's a huge gap. How, where does this gap come from? The goodwill and all these other things and all these intangible aspects of valuation that come in. The GAP
1: gap, not the it, GAAP. It,
0: yes. Yeah, but, yeah. but but there there's both the there yeah. there is a gap, but then the GAAP yeah. <laughs> has tried to come up with ways that we can kind of bridge the gap, so to right. speak, between historical financial statement and fair market value uh, financial statements. And so if we keep that in mind that fundamentally the basic foundational financial statements are built on historical information. That then fundamentally says, okay, well then I probably need something else Mm -hmm. to help me to understand both the value generation that's going on in those financial statements as well as how do I improve my business to maximize the value. And that's where then... We use the financial statements as a basis of information, but then we have to go beyond that as just the only fundamental thing that we're looking at. Because I always say a lot of times those financial statements are a look in the rearview mirror. They are. And that's okay. I mean, because we need to, right? We have a rearview mirror and we should Mm -hmm. be checking it, but we better not be looking in the rearview mirror the whole time you know, while we're driving because we don't see what's in front of us and and disastrous things can happen. And so... We need to be able to, and this is where financial analytics and business consulting comes in, say, let's d- get a deep dive into that. Let's use this foundationally. But now, what else do we need? What else should we be looking at? Maybe ratios or leading indicators that we need to develop and have operationally in front of us so that we can make better
1: decisions more time. Absolutely. And your rear view mirror comment reminds me of, as a basic tenant in financial modeling and a lot of you in valuation that one of the best indicators of future performance is past performance. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And so that's one of the reasons we want to get the past captured really well. Right. <laughs> because no. it's, in this instance, we're doing a turnaround. One of our objectives is to make the future look different than yeah. the past. So right? yeah. we need to understand it and understand what the past was. Right. And even if we get audited financial statements, even if you get audited financial statements by a top accounting firm, sure it'd be very well done. But it still won't give us things like that we need to run the business, such as profit margin per segment of our business return on equity, return on assets, EVA, which we've talked about pretty right. exhaustively in a past episode, right? Economic yeah, value. Th- adds, th- those
0: financials right? will provide right. us with the data to be able to calculate those right. things, but they're not just inherently in the summarized financial statements that you typically see in a right. presentation.
1: So in the stabilization stage, this is the time to say, what do I need to really understand what's going on in this business? Right. Right? I've got gap compliant financials. I really should have that or at least very close to it. Right. And then, but what do I really need? What are the other things that I need? And we've seen businesses with elaborate dashboards and all sorts of data, right? I think it's, this is a good time. Just You can put some effort in stabilization stage and say, okay, what am I going to need at my fingertips to know how I'm doing for the rest of this turnaround and into the growth of the business, right? Yeah. So I don't get caught things falling apart again and I didn't know it because I wasn't watching. Right?
0: right, right. And I think this is a time... Where it's still, you know, the 80-20 principle needs to come into play. Because I know we can, especially the accounting-minded folks, is uh, if they're not careful, we can get into analysis paralysis. Like, we can analyze the hell out of everything. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, so what? Because we're not going to change any of our actions. It's like, what are those things that are driving 80% of the real fundamental actions within our business that are going to change the future right. of the business. And let's focus on whatever that is, and maybe that's three, four, five, six, whatever key indicators that we're analyzing and evaluating on a regular basis that are going to move the needle. I know as an example, David, we're, we're working with a company that we are invested in where there's like two or three things right now that are really focused operationally they're going to move the needle because we're in a moving out of a startup phase into a, you know a full production phase and there's one area where two pieces of critical machinery were so important. I mean it's like night and day that the gross profit for that particular line is the difference between 20% and 50-60% with implementation of one or two pieces of equipment. We were laser focused on that for this last Mm -hmm. month to get that in place because it has such a huge impact on the business
1: going forward. So that's just an example. Absolutely. So it's really focusing in this phase on what's going to get you there. What's going to move the needle the fastest and the longest, yes. And I think we can couple that also with control systems in the business, cash controls, operating controls, if we think about what are some of the things that might have gotten us in into it. this situation to begin with. Yeah. And if yeah. you go back a few episodes, we talk about most business failures happen for internal reasons, even in recessions, right. they happen for yeah. internal, not external reasons. And often it's because something went awry in the business and people didn't figure it out until it was too late. Right. right. So this is a point of saying, what controls weren't there before? How do I put them in place? You know, now. Here's an example, a couple of things that have gotten businesses in trouble. Inventory cool. blowing inventory up control. on you, right? Yeah. Yeah. right? It's not that hard, especially in a business that's very in- inventory intensive. You don't have to make that many mistakes before you've got way too much inventory and you've got cash now stuck in warehouses that can't get out and can cause problems, Absolutely. right? Yeah. So this is a time to say, what controls can we put in place now to make sure that this does not happen right it might again. be
0: purchasing controls it might be um, certain triggers for purchases it might be regular analysis of what's moving and slow moving products, so that we make sure that we don't get mm-hmm. too many days on hand for any particular product it's just some type of additional analysis that we're doing so that we don't put ourselves right back in the same hole once right. we're
1: recovering Right, other things, just like matching purchase orders to invoices, right? Making sure things that are shipped are actually invoiced. It sounds silly, but I mean, when you are in a fast-moving business where you've got just thousands of orders coming in, it can often be the case that stuff starts going out the door doesn't get invoiced or doesn't get yeah. invoiced. Yeah, later, I right?
0: call it revenue leakage. You know, it's like let's plug those holes because that was just lost revenue that you're never going to be able to go back and get. So, you know, having those controls in place to make sure those things don't slip through the crack, right. is just uh, money found.
1: Right. We've seen businesses get in the trouble over inventory, over not billing. We've seen them get into trouble over not managing and communicating with vendors enough that vendors throw them into bankruptcy, mm-hmm. right? Well, and, um, and
0: it's just the whole cash cycle itself that even if you do mm-hmm. bill it out properly, getting caught with customers not paying you timely and not staying on top of that and not managing your accounts receivable. So the cash cycle on both sides, both the incoming cash and the outgoing cash.
1: And the importance of these systems, controls, but I want to highlight them, Eric, with this statement here. This comes from the Turnaround Management Association. And I, I wish this weren't true, what I'm about to say, but <laughs> I think it often is. And it is true unless we are actively Doing something about it, right? Because right, a lot of times this our temptation is saying, oh, everything's okay, right? Recall the two maxims in most troubled businesses. One, the situation is worse than it seems. <laughs> and two, the situation will deteriorate. Ouch. Yeah. And, we say and that's that, usually
0: what's going on in the hearts and, and minds of the folks in the company when you're in right. that situation. We always have a tendency to See the worst in everything instead of uh, the best,
1: and I say this not to scare people and say, "Oh my goodness, it's just hopeless; just give up." But I think we don't want people doing is just don't have this night. Oh yeah, I've got some trouble in my business. Let me just ignore it and it'll go away. It won't. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. And so let's attack it. Let's see it for what it is. Let's see reality. Let's develop a plan. Right. Let's climb the obstacle. Let's put it behind us, right? That's yeah. the only way it will go away. Yeah. It yeah. almost never goes away. Well, it's, it's, I mean, so. it's, it's the
0: best way to face challenges in life is, I mean, if we want to bear our head in the sand and ignore or whatever it may be, that issues and challenges in life don't just go away. The only way that they turn around, so right. to speak, is that yeah. we embrace it, we face up to it, and then we, we move yeah. through it. Well and said. we seek counsel, we do whatever
1: else that we need to in order to push through that. So folks, that's another reason to listen to the Emerge Dynamics podcast. We're helping you out not only with your business, <laughs> but in life, everything in life. Everything in life right here is an opportunity <laughs> yeah. for growth, yes. Yeah. And so this is a reason, too, to have those control systems, right? Because if we have a little problem in payables, a little problem in inventory, right, they won't go away. We have to have the control systems to bring them in front, put them in our faces, force us to realize them and attack them, right? Yes. The rest of the stabilization phase, let's go over maybe one more thing. As you're stabilizing, you're going to start thinking about profitability. You're going to have to start returning to things like marketing, to sales, right? And you may have in the emergency action phase slashed all marketing expenses. You may be at zero. You may have had to do that. Right. You've got to turn that back on in order for sales to come back. But really, really important to do a payback analysis of (laughs) all marketing campaigns.
0: I've had all of these marketing folks, you know, either those that I've worked with or that have worked for me, and they always said, well, you know, it's very, very difficult to get a return on investment for my marketing dollars, Mm -hmm. you know? Especially the ones who are always then talking I, that about need to
1: hire you. all these yes.
0: grandiose ideas and everything. I think that's BS, quite frankly. And, and I think more and more in today's environment where there's more electronic media for marketing and there's much more direct correlations that you can calculate that. Mm-hmm. And you should it's calculate easier today that. Than and ever. I think if anybody tells you that they mm-hmm. can't, I would challenge them back mm-hmm. and say, I don't know that you're the right marketing team for me if you can't have that mindset. Right. You know.
1: They often lead with, well, what's your budget? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's 20 grand a month. Well, we'll spend 20 grand. A m- like, No, 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 no. Like this My
0: budget a- is whatever is yeah. necessary for me to get right. X amount of growth at a reasonable right. return.
1: <laughs> right. If you show me that I get a 40% ROI on your marketing campaign, my budget's a million dollars. Like this, like, so, but yeah, this is this is an investment, right? So absolutely, so more than ever, if we've gotten complacent with, oh, I think it's a good idea to put a billboard up. I think it's a good idea to sponsor a football game, right? This is the time to say, okay, What's the payback of all these things, right? Right. Are they making sense, and then really understanding? Yeah, are these
0: donations, or are these truly marketing campaigns?
1: Right, and these are, and then we're getting back to now as we're kind of thinking of the rest of the stabilization phase. The more traditional advice that you would get almost any time you're trying to grow a business or how to grow, you know, fix a business, and you're looking at things like my existing products. Can I put existing products? Coupled, Can I, can I look uh, can at graphic
0: expansion? Exactly. Yeah, right, is there
1: a different right. distribution mix or customer mix? Right, Things I don't think you and I need to dive into in this episode because I no, think you can no, find no, no, advice on that everywhere. But this is the phase at which you'll start doing that kind of tuning up right. to get you back to you know, returning to normal. Attitude, approach, culture, all critical through all the stages. Right, right. Uh, But people in your organization at this point really need to be seeing you know, the a future light, of the a light. growth, yeah, the the that light, and, and, and where are
0: we growth. going? And, and clearly, that there's a path forward for growth and opportunity right. again. Which is then really that's the return to what we hope is the generally the normal state, right? Absolutely. And right.
1: Eric, I think we can't say enough because we've said this to so many people and they don't hear us. So I just say it again: like you should not be figuring out in the stabilization stage that there's a light at the end of the tunnel or that this can work, right? This yep. should have been when you started your business. And if so, you might be less likely to ever have to do a turnaround. Right. But if not, this happened at the evaluation stage, right? right? This is when we, if we messed up in the past, at least in the evaluation stage, what's the purpose of my business? What's the benefit it provides to the community? Right. How do we do it in a way better than others and in a, a unique and special way than others, right? If I can't talk that language, I'm just on a roller coaster ride of the market up and down. Yeah. I and mean, that's all I am, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it may be that, I guess, even if you do the evaluation and everything on the front end and you're moving towards the stabilization phase then very large macro economic situations or changes in the marketplace could continue to take place where you may say, well, now, I mean, I've even got to make another pivot at that point. Tom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's stuff that can happen right. uh, in the world. Those are those externals that can happen. But you're still got to be in the position then to go back to the basics and the fundamentals and make the decisions, make the pivots, what have you at that state. But that's a normal state. We should always be Mm -hmm. evaluating that and preparing for those things because they can happen.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're coming to the end of this episode. And I think probably close to the end of our uh, our series here in turnaround management. So folks, let's let's put in perspective what we just did. We just did, I don't know how many episodes, four, maybe? At least four. Four to five. Yeah, four to- uh, yeah. <laughs> episodes on turnaround management. And so folks, if you listen to these episodes consecutively, I think you'll have a really good primer on what it's like to go through a turnaround of a business. So if you have a business that's struggling that's in decline, I think listening to these episodes can be a really big help. Yeah. I would also say we've stayed a bit high level, not on purpose because we we're trying to withhold value. It's just there's only so much we can say in a podcast episode, right? And so much varies depending on everyone's individual situation. So if you have a business that is struggling, that is in decline, that is trying to figure out a new way to get through, just highly, highly recommend Listen to these episodes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Seek additional resources. And this is a time maybe more than ever to bring in someone from the outside to help you out. Yeah. For the reasons we said yeah. in, the in the first, the first episode yeah, the first of this episode. series is that often people in turnarounds, the problem, it's not that they're not intelligent or capable. It's not that they couldn't solve their problems as much as that they couldn't even see them. They myopic, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so you, this, this is a time more than ever where you need a third-party non-biased perspective that's not emotional doesn't have baggage and can really objectively say hey when you do this this and this right yeah. and that can vary from an advisor all the way to somebody who's going to come in and actually, actually run the organization the running right running. and depending yeah. on the situation anything along that spectrum may be the appropriate thing to do yeah exactly so All right, folks. So with that, we hope you join us next time. Don't worry. There's plenty more value coming, plenty more to talk about. We'll shift gears a bit as we go into our next episodes, but uh, we can't wait to see you next time. All right.